0: You're about to experience ultrasounds, an uplifting, soulful journey into the spheres of exotic electronic music, brought to you by DJ E Love, WMNF 88.5 FM Tampa. Music for your mind, body, and soul. And we have special guest. Live on the radio tonight, astrologer Laura Barat, who has specialized in Vedic astrology for 25 years. And she studied at the American College of Vedic Astrology with renowned Ernst Wilhelm and has a private practice catering to clients all over the world. And we are blessed to have Laura live from Colorado. Greetings and welcome to the ultrasound show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this. You do both Western and Vedic, and I guess the thing to start with is, what is the difference between Western astrology and Vedic astrology? And what is Vedic uh, astrology? So, those things uh, in there. uh, Yeah,
1: okay. So, Vedic astrology is the the, the astrology they practice in India, and um, it is the term was coined by a man named David Frawley, which is an American man. He coined that Vedic astrology term in the 80s, Um, but it's really kind of not literally Vedic. It's just basically Indian astrology and all of their different techniques that they use to look at a horoscope and analyze a chart. And and then Western astrology, the difference really is the techniques that are used, and I find that I've studied both extensively, and for me, using the techniques that are mentioned in these Indian texts really give a lot more results, uh, more accurate results, and um, and I really enjoy it. You know, I have, my clients love it, so... <laughs>
0: So one of the things that I noticed about Vedic is that there are remedies that are given or can be given. Can you explain a little bit about that?
1: Yes, those are called remedials, and they are mantras, you can say planetary mantras, to alleviate negative karma that a planet may be giving you. Um, If you're having some problems, it can be narrowed down to... Um, a planet or two planets, and you can do these mantras. And uh, you can also wear gems, gemstones. And I find that the gemstones are actually, um, work better with health issues. And then you can also do fasting on certain days and um, giving in charity, you know, all of those kinds of things to uh, alleviate karmas. But uh, the real, really nice remedials, the one that I feel work the best are um, mantras.
0: Okay, so the mantras, if somebody has never encountered a mantra, they don't know what a mantra is, can you explain a little bit about the origins and what a practice might look like? And perhaps give us an example.
1: Yes, well, the mantras are, there's all different kinds of mantras. And some of them are for uh, deities, Hindu deities. Some of them are for... um, certain chakras in the body, energy centers in the body. And uh, then there are planetary mantras that actually speak to that planet. And they're just some words in Sanskrit that you will meditate on. Like if you were praying or something like that, you would say this mantra in your mind and meditate on it. And uh, ideally, it's good to start on the day of the planetary day like if you're trying to strengthen Saturn you would start on a Saturday or if you want to strengthen um the moon you would start on a Monday and the idea is to do these mantras about 15 for 15 minutes a day once you begin your practice you should see results right away uh you should you know feel better and the things in your life that aren't going as, um, as you would want them to go start to smooth out for you. Uh, and um, yeah, that's, they have a tremendous power in that way.
0: So when someone gets their Vedic astrology done, are each of us aligned with a particular deity, for example?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, in the Vedic system, in the Vedic astrology, you go through what they call planetary periods. And this is unique. Vedic astrology, this is what separates it, one of the things that separates it from Western and so everyone on the planet is running a period of, of a planet Like some people are in their Saturn period some people are in their Mars period and they should ideally be doing a mantra to that ruling planet that's kind of ruling over their life for a certain amount of time and then that, you know, changes throughout their life as they live their life. Uh, certain certain planets only rule over for like eight years, and then um, some rule over for 20 years. So it's really interesting how that goes as well. And um, there's also a way in the chart in somebody's individual horoscope to see the deity that what the quote-unquote spiritual deity, and they... They describe it in the Hindu pantheon of deities, but it's, it's really not, um, it's just a type of energy that kind of rules over your life and will help you throughout your life. And this is lifelong. This is aside from the planetary periods that I was just discussing. <laughs>
0: if someone has a Saturn affliction, let's say, in their chart, what are some of the symptoms that might show up?
1: Saturn is a planet of, Uh, withstanding suffering. Saturn will give depression. Saturn can give health problems. Saturn dries things out. Saturn uh, makes things go slowly so the person feels stuck. They feel like nothing is going their way and it's taking too long. Saturn, but he's there, he does these things to teach us patience. So Saturn in a chart, if it's afflicted, the person gets impatient Mm. and they can't withstand suffering they can't withstand uh depression and they succumb to it if if a if a person has a strong saturn they can be a very patient methodical person and they can put up with a lot of um uh, responsibilities they can withstand depressive episodes a lot better so that's how saturn works in the chart when it's transiting identity factors or you know planets in the horoscope what about mars Mars is actually, breaks things. (laughs) Mars um, ends things quite abruptly. Saturn is the pain and suffering that we can't avoid, like when someone dies. But Mars is problems that we can overcome using our willpower, which is Mars, using our logic. Uh, But Mars really hurts very, like... If you have your arm cutting, it hurts right then. But then, you know, you sew it up and you forget about it. The pain goes away. That it's very quick, very abrupt. And Mars can hurt somebody very intensely, but for a short period. So, um, and then, you know, of course, Mars is frustration and anger. So when Mars is hitting certain planets, the person will feel very frustrated and take out their anger and get angry. Yeah, Saturn is more kind of depression and just feeling down and melancholy. So those are the differences between those two.
0: (laughs) Could someone have both of them going on at once?
1: Absolutely. They can be hitting multiple points in your chart. um, And you can feel all of these things. But, you know, then you have some good transits, like the transits of Jupiter or Venus or... Um, mercury that will, you know, bring some, alleviate pains that you're going through too. So quite a lot is going on in the chart um, at one specific moment. <laughs> and if
0: you're looking at the chart and there is all these things going on, how do you define what is the priority at that time?
1: Well, usually when when someone comes for a reading, they want to know something really specific or or they're just curious, or they are having issues, and they want to know if something's going to work out for them, you know, or why they feel... Or, you know, why they feel stuck. And um, that's when I look at malefic planets, which are Saturn and Mars, some other things too. But And to see if these periods are going to last for a while or how long they're going to last and what the person can do to um, alleviate some of that, which is the remedials, the mantras and things like that. But also try to work through it, what's the best way to work through it. And just by telling someone, okay, this is going to be temporary, this is going to end, you know, um, yeah, you're feeling this way now, but in a certain amount of time, you're not going to feel this way anymore. So, And that really helps quite a bit when you tell someone. (laughs) Yeah, it seems
0: that if you have insights into what's going on, and there are a lot of things going on in your life at that time, or at any time, that you can, A, do some of the remedials and know that, as you said, if it's going to pass, how do I move through this with grace? How do I move through this and be able to come out the other end, learning some of the lessons, as you mentioned with Saturn, being more patient and being more forgiving to the situation and more allowing and accepting and open to it rather than resisting it.
1: Right, Exactly. And that that helps people tremendously. The people that usually believe in astrology, the people who are interested in it, they they are people looking for solutions. They they, they seek solutions to their they they're going outside of themselves and just knowing that okay, this this is something I need to go through. You know, this is has a lesson for me, and um, and it's my job as the astrologer to to help bring that out in them and to show them why this is happening So, um, which is a great thing.
0: Right, it, it indicates part of the lessons and part of why it may have presented itself in this lifetime.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Now some of the words in Vedic astrology like nakshatra, can you explain what a nakshatra is?
1: The nakshatras are a different zodiac. They're, they're based on fixed stars, just like we have the 12th signs of the zodiac that we're all familiar with, you know, like Pisces and Aries and Gemini and all all of that. Well, in India, they also have another zodiac in addition to the 12 signs, which is the nakshatras, and it's 27 constellations, Um, sometimes 28, but most of the time people just use the 27 nakshatras, and that is based on the moon, mainly on the moon. There's a whole myth about it, but with the moon as um, one of the protagonists. But the moon moves through these nakshatras as it goes through the zodiac, and so the nakshatras are actually in this realm called Swarga Loka, which is which means heavenly realm. And rather than animals like the with the um, with the signs that we know of, you you have animals associated with the signs for most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. But with nakshatras, it's deities, it's actual gods and goddesses. So, and because it's the moon moving through the nakshatras, or the system is more based on lunar moon cycle, the moon in Vedic astrology represents our consciousness. So these nakshatras are very consciousness based, very reactive based, meaning they're how we react do certain things, concrete things happening in our lives, which is shown through the signs and through the houses, but how we react within our consciousness is very much a part of our nakshatras, and the most important ones are, the, the most important nakshatra is the moon's nakshatra, um, so, but all of them are important in the way we express ourselves, like how we, Venus is how we express our affections you know, and how we feel comfortable, how we want to comfort people. And so Venus's nakshatra is going to be very important in how we feel about um, those types of things and how we feel about our relationship. So, so yeah, those are the nakshatras.
0: (laughs) So it seems that rather than the Western view of the sun being the focal point or your sun sign, so to speak, would it be correct to say that the Vedic system is really looking at the moon, the emotions, the consciousness?
1: Yes, the moon is more important than the sun in, in this system. Um, just because the moon represents us as individuals and our individuality and our consciousness, they call it the jiva, the embodied soul, and um the you know with all of their personality and and hang-ups and um, you know everything about all our individual traits is based on the moon and the Sun and the Sun is also important as well the moon is definitely more
0: important and in Western astrology often they'll do comparisons with relationships where it's like what's your son sign, what's their son sign kind of interrelating. In Vedic, right. can you explain how that would go with if someone came in and says, well, I want to have a relationship or I have this relationship and this is what their sign is. What would you look at? What kinds of things?
1: Right. Um The, the Vedic system for compatibility is based on nakshatras on the moon in its nakshatra. It's completely based on the moon and not on the sun at all. And that's because the sun is not a relationship planet. In the Indian system, the sun represents our soul connection. It's basically our soul. I mean, it doesn't really represent the soul itself, but our relationship to our soul. And the sun is one. It's number one. And the sun likes to be alone alone. Uh, and it's kind of like our inspiration, our ideas that come from the Godhead or our soul or, you know, whatever, our higher self. So the sun is more our relationship with our higher self, and the moon is, the moon is um, us as individuals, and when we get into relationships, we interact with each other as individuals. We don't interact with people as a soul. You know, it, it, the, the moon is also rules all of our senses the, the moon rules the space where most of our senses are and when we're in this world and dealing with things in this world especially relationships we're using our senses and that's just the moon needs to interact with people the moon needs uh sense phenomena and so the moon is the relationship planet it's completely ba- based on that moon's nakshatra and then moon, also the moon's sign. The moon's sign is also very important in relationships. It makes so, uh, sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how that works.
0: <laughs> it is, and it's it makes sense that the moon representing the emotions would be a big part of a relationship and how you interact with somebody.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's some really good techniques there are, are good Western uh, relationship techniques, but they don't involve the sun. The ones that I like, uh, the, one, the Western techniques that I use for relationship compatibility don't involve the sun at all. <laughs> so, but, um, but, yeah, I just want to put that in there because I do use some Western techniques too. So,
0: I think it's really cool to get your astrology done with someone that's important to you in that aspect because there's so many layers to all of us and understanding some of the layers that may not be spoken about that may not really be conscious or aware yes can it can really enhance the depth of that relationship with a person and it can also bring understanding to why perhaps there is some quarreling or why there is this agreement, general agreement and harmony and all the different aspects.
1: Definitely. And what's interesting about the nakshatras is there's animals associated with them. I mean, there's all kinds of things associated with nakshatras, but one of them are animals too. Like every nakshatra is an animal. And so this animal... Whatever your moon's nakshatra and whatever your animal is, that animal will come out when you're under stress. It'll usually come out, too. You'll see it quite often in children under age five. They they really kind of act like they animal. <laughs> they're nakshatra animal. So, um, And that plays a big part in relationships, too, because you'll have... What I call the aggressive animals or the fighters, and those are the lions, the tigers, and the um, mongooses. So, if you get two people who have um, together, who have one's a mongoose and one's a lion, when they're under stress together, they're going to really have a lot of fighting. Um, so, and then you have the more. Sweet and nice nakshatra animals, like the elephant or the cow. And then another one is, um, oh, you have a rat and um, a horse. So more gentle, you know. Um, so then if you, if you get two of these gentler animals together, then they, when they're under stress, they, they might be too passive to really overcome the problem. You know what I mean? So so you want, ideally, this is just one aspect of it, but you want a more aggressive animal with a lesser aggressive animal. So when hard times come, they can kind of work through it uh, in a productive way.
0: And I imagine there's certain levels of that too, like levels of intensity.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs>
0: it's fascinating. A lot of people have been asking me lately, what a Saturn return.
1: Oh, right. Okay, so... So Saturn returns happen every, between 28 and 30 years. So that really doesn't happen that often.
0: Let's talk about solar return, the Varshaval.
1: Solar return or Varshaval uh, is a very widely used technique in Western astrology and Vedic astrology. And believe it or not, this Varshaval, which is what they call the solar return in Vedic astrology, is Western astrology. It's basically Western astrology. It's it's based on the return of the sun to your natal sun, to the exact point of your natal sun. And um, that usually happens on your birthday, but sometimes it doesn't. It can happen a day before or a day after. But it's just the sun, like, let's say your sun is at 15 degrees of Pisces. So every time your sun... Uh, Or Every every year, the sun will go, hit 15 degrees of Pisces, and then you cast a chart for that time, for that exact time. That is going to show you quite a bit about that coming year and the focal points of that year and whether it will be a productive year or, like, a relaxing year or all of the events in that year, it will show. Uh, And it's one of the best techniques. I feel um, I use it all the time I love it and it's funny because it's it's Western astrology basically it started in Tajikistan which is was part of the Persian Empire and um, they uh, the Greeks took on this this system the, and so the Greek astrology makes a lot of use of solar returns they, they traded all their knowledge with the Persians. And so, and then the Romans took on that Greek, and here you go. There you have Western astrology <laughs> doing the solar return. So, a very uh, accurate method of prediction.
0: Are you doing the predicting on that actual day, or you're doing it at any time to predict when that actual day is?
1: Well, a person can come to me any time and want a reading, and what I'll do is I'll look at their last birthday. And um, and so I can see their their year. I can see when I just look at the solar return in the software. And some people do come to me uh, on their birthday wanting a solar return reading for their birthday, but I can look at their solar return anytime, no matter you know when they come to me. Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite methods to use and it usually doesn't leave out anything.
0: So it's another predictive way of planning and looking at things.
1: Definitely, yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting because you could see that things are happening in certain sequences or there'll be a few months of this or a few months of that or the whole year is going to present something else and it it's almost like it gives you a groundwork in which to navigate through that year.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, it gives you, um, it tells you so many things right away for that small window or the year of time for a person's life. You just automatically can see like five different things, five different events or focuses of the year automatically just by looking at the full return chart. Nice. And, um, and what about Saturn and, and, return? Saturn even, um, you know, when the moon returns every month, you can do those as well to get, like, an idea of what's going on in the month.
0: So you can get very specific. Well, you can do the mahurtas, and you can explain a little bit about that, the auspicious days.
1: Yeah, mahurtas, it's a great science. It gets very technical and um, detailed, and it's based on a person's individual horoscope. And all it is is you find the best day to get, like, there are great days to get married. There are great days to have surgery. Uh, there's great days to um, be, start a business. There's great days to um, paint your house. I mean, that's how it gets very specific. And um, also, like, great days to do remedials. Like, if you want to start doing a mantra, you can get really specific with that to find the best time to do that rather than just start on the the day of the planet.
0: Now, speaking of mantras, if somebody is not familiar with Sanskrit, how do you navigate that when you're giving a remedial? Say if they're not wanting to do a practice and it's not in their ballpark as far as their previous experience or their desire What's the in-between that you would recommend for that? How do you navigate that?
1: Well, that is a little tricky um, to learn the Sanskrit pronunciation. If they don't really want to do that or take the time to learn that, then I, I can give them an easier mantra, which is one word, mantras. Um, they're called bija mantras, and you know they're super easy to do, but they they don't actually go after a specific planet. They go after kind of an energy that the person wants to create in their life. Uh, certain, certain they're called Bija mantras or seed mantras. And they are just one word really easy to do. and, um, and it, if the person wants money, there's, there's one for that. If they want love, there's one for that. So, um, and I find those work very well. So as, in addition to the planetary mantra. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: if people want to find out more about you and learn all that you do, where do they go?
1: You can uh, go to my website. It's laurabaratastrologer.com. I also have a YouTube channel under Laura Barat, and that's all of my information is on both of those places.
0: Excellent. So. <laughs> and it's B-A-R-A-T. Awesome. Barat. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us and sharing your wisdom. I know on your YouTube you have all kinds of goodies there for learning experiences and for people that want to know a bit more about astrology. So thank you for putting up all those videos because they're knowledgeable and very, very entertaining. If things are going crazy in your life, there is help.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And it's important, important for people to reach out, too.
0: Right. <laughs> and know that there yeah. is support in different ways, and this is one of the ways, for example. So thank you. Yeah.
1: Yes, thank you. <laughs> awesome,
0: and we've been speaking with Laura Barat. You can go to Laura Astrologer dot com. Thank you, sweetheart. Many blessings.
1: Many blessings to you too.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to Ultrasounds with DJ E Love on WMNF Tampa. Peace and love until next week.